Hello, and welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I'm your host, Mary McCartney, and this is where we talk about all things related to living the life you are meant to live. And of course, that's a big question, isn't it? And how do we know unless we stop what we're doing, listen to that still small voice within us, and hear what it is that we are trying to tell ourselves? Do you ever get a chance to do that? It takes quiet. And I don't know what your experience is like, but for most of us, it's really hard to kind of step outside of our daily routines and spend some time in quiet. How do we manage to do that? How do we plan to think on the things that are more critical than perhaps the grocery list or the things that the kids need or those day-to-day things that just keep us spinning our wheels? Today, I was doing much of those kinds of things, and I'm running a bit of a a few errands, actually, and uh, needing to go to the grocery store. And of course, the list goes in your mind. Uh, Never write it down. And if I do, I tend to leave it at home anyway. So actually, that's a bit of an exercise in uh, memory work. You know, how many things can I actually purchase that were on my list that I forgot at home? And so when I go home, I just cross everything off. At least that would be the plan if I remembered everything. But as I'm out there today and I'm driving off to the store and I'm thinking, I really ought to get some gas. It just popped in my head. Do I normally look at the gas tank? No, I don't drive enough that it's really a going concern. It's not something I need to check every day. But today, this voice, almost audible, said, you know, maybe you need some gas. And I'm glad I stopped to get some because as it turned out, I did have to run an error that was a little bit further than I thought it was. And I could see over time that I could have been in a pinch, that I would have regretted not getting gas earlier, that I might have been stuck somewhere trying to find a gas station, at least one that you would prefer to use when you're in a crunch. That's not always so easy to do. You know, when you're looking for something, it's really hard to find it. Well, I did listen today and I did stop and I did put gas in the car and I was very thankful that I had done that, that I had actually listened to myself, if you will, that inner voice, whatever you want to call it. One of my podcast guests that uh, is up and coming, you'll you'll hear her speak, mentioned it and called it uh, a heart voice connection. And I think that is such an apt name. I kind of wish I'd thought of it, but it's, it's really excellent because we need to listen to those kinds of things to know what path we're on and where we're going. But like I said, we need to do that in the quiet. And how often are you actually quiet? Be honest with yourself. Do you have moments where you actually set yourself aside from everything else that's going on just to be quiet? Most of my family is a little surprised that I don't have the radio playing or CDs or something going on in my car. I like the quiet. Now, it comes about sometimes when I'm driving in, say, downtown Toronto, when I'm looking for 
a street sign and there's so much going on around me, sometimes it's like sensory overload and I can't it's almost like I can't see because my he- my hearing is too occupied. My brain cells are busy with all the noise and all the input that I just can't even function on looking for a street sign. So I have found over years that it works better for me if I choose to turn off the excess inputs and just concentrate. And I think that's very much the same when we're looking at, at what we're doing with our lives and saying, okay, let's let's kind of shut down all the sensory input. Let's shut down all the things that everybody else in our life wants and consider what it is that we are looking for for us. It's our one life as well. And right now I sit here, I, I am on my own for the most part. I'm a widow, I'm fairly young, I believe. And I don't have other people to take care of right now. So if I had given everything to them, what would I do right now? How would I manage with my life? Now, not so much perhaps with this generation, but I know of some, you know, some parents of of my colleagues and my friends that in their day, usually it was maybe the man who looked after all the financing and the bank accounts and everything else and the, you know, the household repairs and where everything was. And if something happened to them, these women were stuck. They didn't know really what the next move was. And I think that generation has passed and that's a good thing, but we're still mindful of how we serve other people, and are we living our lives according to other people's expectations? What about our own expectations? Do we even consider them? Do we know what they are? What if you were going to spend the next 30 years doing what you're doing today? How do you feel about that? Take a moment and just ponder yourself 30 years older but in the same situation, doing the same things. Now, if you are doing exactly what you love, well, congratulations, you have orchestrated a life that will take you to uh, the highest means of of, um, satisfaction and gratitude imaginable. My whole purpose with some of my conversations is to help people avoid living in the land of regret. Really, it's a terrible place to live. Right now, we might have some regrets about some things we haven't done. We might be of an age like me, we're retired. You might wish you had done some things before, and maybe that opportunity has passed. But there's so much more that you'd be able to do that you can still find ways to have your dreams come true, to make changes to strive for new goals and new satisfactions. When we're 80, 85, some of us may be getting older, the opportunity to do that isn't there so much. So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to be satisfied if you are in the same place in 30 years as you are right now? For those of you who feel that, no, that's not really what you have in mind doing for the next 30 years. That's great. Do you have a way of making the change so that you can move in the direction of your dreams? 
Have you thought about it? Are you preparing for it? That's a really interesting question for a lot of people heading into the retirement age. Many know they're going to retire and they're excited about it. They count down the days. You know, I've got, you know, 58 weeks, four days and so many hours left until I get to retire. Woohoo! And they're all excited about it. But then what? So many people don't know what the next step is and they don't plan for it. And all of a sudden they're, 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 they're stuck in a different place because they haven't planned what the next stage is going to be. Sure, it'd be great. Just sit around the couch, watch TV, come and go as you please, do what you want. But that gets old pretty quick. So I'm told. I mean, that wasn't something that I chose to do because, quite frankly, I enjoy life. I enjoyed getting out. There's people to see. There's things to do. There's places to go. New things to learn. I just don't think I'm going to live long enough to fulfill all the things that I would like to do. However, there are folks who get to that retirement stage and golly, they just don't know what it is they're going to do with themselves because they didn't think about it. So if you're pre-retirement, how are you going to make sure that doesn't happen to you? What is it you see yourself doing? If it's not the same thing in a number of years, then what do you see yourself doing? Is it doable? Is it possible? Now, there are some things. I mean, come on, let's be realistic. There are some things we cannot do. You know, I mean, maybe our body size isn't right. I mean, I certainly would never have made it into being a, a, you know, a ballerina, for instance. Thankfully, I never wanted to, so I didn't have that internal struggle of, what I wanted to do, I could not do. There are some things we need to admit that there are things that we might have missed. And that's okay. But there are so many other options available to us. But getting back to being quiet, getting back to taking the time to think about it, to plan. Now, plan is a four-letter word for many people. But it is very necessary if there is going to be a sense of accomplishment and a sense of achievement. How do you know if you've ever been a success if you haven't made a plan to get somewhere? And I laugh about this because when my husband and I first got our sailboat, we didn't know how to sail. We bought this boat and uh, we had to learn how to sail after the fact. So we would go out on Lake Huron lots of days, just go out on the lake sail around the lake, come back in. That's all we did. And for the best part of the, our summer, our first summer in particular, that was great. We figured we were sailors. We were learning to do this. However, were we really sailors when we did not go anywhere? Well, you can imagine how excited we were on our first real trip where we planned and made every effort to reach a destination on purpose. And it was kind of funny because our first trip, our first actual purposeful sail took us five days. And that's amazing. Now we had, we stopped in port. We didn't sail overnight. We stopped along the way. But what was so funny about the whole thing is we really only went an hour away from home. 
We went up around the peninsula, around the Great Lakes, up around Georgian Bay. And, you know, it was only an hour's drive from home, but it took us five days, but we made it. And the success that we felt was overwhelming because we actually could say that we were sailors at that point. We had deliberately arrived at a destination. So planning is so important if that's what you want to do. You want to arrive somewhere. You want to achieve something. And it doesn't need to be anything huge. It doesn't need to be, you know, record breaking. It doesn't need to be, um, you know, newspaper worthy. It's just something that you set for yourself. But having a plan and deliberately step by step choosing ways to get there gives everybody or gives you anyway that sense of accomplishment that really you are able ready, willing, able to meet something that gives you tremendous satisfaction. We have one life to live, as we all know. We don't live somebody else's life and somebody else doesn't live our life. If we are making our decisions on our life totally based on other people, when everything falls away and it's just us, then what? We're left alone, perhaps feeling unsatisfied, empty, disappointed, regretful. Those are the things that are really hard to undo. And the best way to undo them actually is not to ever have them done in the first place. So sit quietly, go for a walk, especially in the woods, close to nature. I love to sit by the waterfront, go sit by a lake, just look out over, let your mind wander. Don't think of what's for dinner, what's on my grocery list, what do the kids need, what does my husband need, what does my wife need. If you can, eliminate as many of those routine daily thoughts that you can. Just let your mind wander empty and listen. Sure, we talk to ourselves and we laugh and we joke and we say we talk to ourselves and that's okay. But really listen. Listen to that still small voice. It won't necessarily be telling you you need gas. But it might be telling you that there's more to life than what you're doing. Remember when you wanted to be a painter. Remember when you wanted to write poetry, write a novel, write a kid's book. Remember when you wanted to draw, maybe illustrate. Oh my goodness, you know, there are so many options in our world today. Ask yourself, if you're not content to do what you're doing for the next 30 years or so, what do you see yourself doing? Picture yourself in your mind's eye. What do you see yourself doing? Listen to what your inner voice is going to say to you. Think about what thoughts come forward. And if you're anything like me, sometimes you'll end up with this boom, 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 ripple effect, and you'll end up somewhere that you don't even know how you got there. 
But all of a sudden you have these ideas of, wow, and you get excited and you think that would be a great thing. Now, is that going to happen all at once? Is that going to happen every time? Maybe not. But I do know that it does happen more often with more practice. I think sitting and writing and, and maybe doing a journal and keeping a gratitude journal, all of those things are really terrific things to do. But your mind is still constantly working on, you know, I mean, thinking of four or five things to be grateful for come up very, very quickly. But then sometimes we start straining a little bit, if you know what I mean. Oh, well, I'm sure I'm grateful for more than that. Oh, yes, I'm grateful for, you know, four or five other things. That's true. And writing a journal, writing about what you did today is great. I think it's a great way to empty your thoughts, to leave room for new thoughts. But sometimes we need to have more free thinking, more of an unbridled approach to where our minds are taking us and just see what it is that the inner voice wants to say to you. Look for the quiet. Make a habit of it frequently. And how frequently? I think that's going to depend on different people. The longer you've left it, maybe it's going to be a little bit harder to do. But as you practice more and more and do that, you can start the process little pieces at a time, like a jigsaw puzzle, putting in a piece here, a piece there, until you see a bigger picture. And maybe you'll see a half a picture and recognize what it is. But I don't think you'll find that without making the effort to look for it. Where's your quiet? Runners and joggers today, just like my husband did, have the iPods, the headphones, whatever it is they're listening to, their iPhones with their playlists. It seems like everybody is caught in the noise. Do you remember the expression, silence is golden? That is as old as Plato himself. Golden. Things that are worth a lot are often referred to as golden. Gold is priceless in so many ways. Silence is golden. As a former high school teacher, we were trying to get our students to be more mindful towards reading, silent reading, enjoyment reading, no tests, no marks, no, um, no reports on, on what it was they were reading, but just be able to do it for pure enjoyment. Anything that they chose, whatever their interests were, was, was it, uh, you know, maybe an electric guitar, maybe it was writing music, maybe it was skateboarding, maybe it was drones. Who knows? Freedom to read whatever in the quiet. And yet it wasn't something that they embraced. The quiet really annoyed them. They weren't used to it, so they didn't embrace it. And as for the reading, well, that's another thing altogether. But it was so important, I thought, for just a few minutes every day to have those minutes of silence. Because how else can we hear ourselves? So on that note, let me challenge you today. Think about how often you think about 
your life. How often do you step off that hamster wheel? How often do you just sign out, hit pause, walk away from whatever's going on so that you can course correct if need be? Because any sailor will tell you when you end up in port, in the wrong port, that's not the time for course correction. So are you due for course correction? Would you know it if you were? So my challenge to you in order to live the life you are meant to live is to look for it, discover it, and ask yourself, is this it? Is this what I want to be doing for the next 20, 30, no matter how many years are left? Is that what you want to be doing? Or are you looking to course correct? Food for thought, indeed. I know for myself that I'm very thankful that I listened today to that still small voice that said, hey, Mary, I think you better get some gas. So on that note, I'm Mary McCartney with Don't Die Before You're Dead, daring you to live the life that you are meant to live. Till next time.